Englishman in San Diego. At MCM Scotland 2018. In conversation with Donny Cates and Brian Azzarello. I try and make it cool and then it turns down into the reality. 
<laughs> so I'll be like, I'm a writer for Marvel. And they're like, oh my god, you wrote, did you write uh, Infinity War? I'm like, I, I wrote Thanos. The, the single issue of Thanos has nothing to do with that thing, and I did that thing. Um, so most, most, most it's, it's maybe a cool point. When I was growing up, if you were to tell a human being that you wrote a book called Thanos, they would know what you were talking about, unless it was one of our kind, you know? Um, but, uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't really know. You know, I, I, I saw someone's biopic on, 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 on Twitter once um, that had their, there's a very popular, famous writer and in their occupation, it said fry cook. Um, and I always loved that because that was that writer's first job and he just never changed it. And so it was like, you know, it was like a Neil Gaiman fry cook. And I just, I always loved the, the idea of you keeping yourself around a little bit, you know. And uh, the other half of your question was like, what does the day look like? Or what was it? How long was it the, that first moment when you realized that you were comic writing. That, right. You know, you, you kind of made that progression to actually say, no, I am a comic writer. Sure, yeah. I was. I actually went to school um, um, uh, to be a pencil and to be an artist and, and a painter and a sculptor. Went to art school and uh, part of my uh, coursework is that I had to take mandatory writing classes. Um, and I was in this class with a professor named Mark Meese, who I still credit as to get me started. And he kind of pulled me aside and, and said, you know, you, you could be good at this if you try. Like, you're, you're, you're really rough, but I, I can see the parts that are, un, that, that are unteachable that you already have. Everything else is just teachable. So if you wanted to do this, you could try it. And so I just started doing that. I just started diving into it. And this was 2009. Like I had never heard a single word in my life until 2009, you know. Because um, you, in comics career, you started as an intern for Marvel, didn't you? Uh, it was a little bit before that. I uh, obviously my career career in comics and everything, but then I, I moved to Austin, Texas in about 2004, and I ended up uh, being in charge of a chain of four comic book stores. And I oversaw those comic book stores until a car drove through one of them. Uh, everyone was fine. Um, unfortunately. And then uh, my my drum set was set up in the back and I got destroyed. I was a bummer part. Um, but I didn't sure it's good cover because as it turns out the owner of the shops wasn't into like paying rent. Um, they they hate you when you don't do that. Um, and so they, they all shut down. I was I was very distraught because I could have been a retailer for the rest of my life. I would love it. So I, do, I gave it a shot to go to school to learn how to be in comics more. And um, I remember, do you guys know who Trag Moore is? He's an artist. Trag Moore? He's who Jeff Shaw is. Jeff Shaw did my Thanos run and God Country and the books I've done. Uh, I was in classes with both of those guys. And as soon as I saw both of their work as a freshman, I was like, well, fuck this. I'll never be as good as these guys. Um, so I, would, I, I, I took the scholarship money that I was awarded for classes and just spent it all on art, hiring artists to do books for me. Uh, which is not a dope plan, don't do any of that. Uh, but it, it's seemingly worked out. 
when it came to actually learning your craft at those initial days then? Because I was speaking to a college creator last week at a con, and we were talking about how uh, you kind of learn how to write comics. There's no real set way, there's no real set. People just kind of fall into their pattern of how they do it. With screenwriting, there's kind of like courses and there's certain layouts and certain ways that you actually create and write a comic. Where did you kind of learn your, your first, what was the, like the first piece of comic script that you read and you went, okay, that's how you write a comic? Did you, what was the first thing you said? Because I think someone, uh, the, 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 the person I spoke to was um, Killing Joke. He read the, the, the script for Killing Joke. And that's how he learned how to write a comic. How did you write your, learn how to do what you do? Long-winded question, no more than this. Uh, I don't remember what the first script was. It might have been one of Grant's, actually. Um, that's a wordy script. No, oh, yeah, it was, well, yeah, it was wordy, but the structure was like, oh, this is, I get the structure now. That's, my scripts are not wordy at all. And that's uh, because when I was starting, pretty much I was working with Eduardo, um, and now he lived in Argentina and he spoke Spanish, and scripts had to be translated. So I kept it, you know, bare bones, still do. Would you have a description to keep it really kind of loose? I hate to yeah. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. Okay. And so, Donnie, what was the first comic script you read? You went, okay, that's my right comic. Um, what, what, was the person you were talking to, is it Matt Fraction? It wasn't, no. It was, um, no, it was a British creator. It was um, Ian Edgerton. Okay, because that's advice that uh, Matt used to put in his blog and someone just find a copy of it. Thank you. 
Was it, I mean, it wasn't something that you actively went out to, uh, to write? No. no. Is there any books that you have, or any characters that you have, actively thought to write that you want to go on? You know what, I want to do that. Go and go to editors. No. No? No. That's fair enough. What? Uh, yeah, no. Um, maybe... Maybe Wonder Woman? Maybe? Yeah. But even that was sort of like, I fell into it. Um, it was not anything I wanted to do. It was another dinner. Um, it was with Dan. I was supposed to be doing one of the other Justice League characters. That I finally, like, alright. Come, I've come up with a story for this character. I'll do it. So it's like, okay, let's you know, go and talk it out. And he was, you know, they were revamping all the characters in the shot. And I said, like, what are you going to do with X, 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 X? And he got to Wonder Woman, and I was appalled by what they were going to do. And I said, you cannot do that to that character. That would fundamentally damage that character at the core. It's like, you, are, you just can't do it. So what if you did this instead? Then I was writing Wonder Woman. Wow. Okay. Is that very similar to you uh, in terms of the things you've done with uh, Marvel recently uh, for yourself, Donnie? You? Did you actively ask to do Venom? Did you actively ask to do uh, the, the books you've done? Or are they the ones that need to just follow you? Um, it's, it's always a bit of a uh, combination of both, right? Um, so when I first started, obviously I wasn't exposed to them. Uh, and so uh, I was actually at Inland City Comic Con last year, and I got a phone call from Marvel, uh, and ran outside to take it. Because uh, at the time, uh, uh, three of my career books had just kind of come out in the past four months. There's a uh, God Country, Baby Teeth, and Redneck. And they were all uh, doing fairly well. They were getting a good amount of attention. And I was, I was a little frustrated that I wasn't getting uh, drafted by the NFL. I was like, what, how many other books does a guy got to do, man? Come on. And so um, I, 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 I sent an email out to uh, my editor, uh, my intern for Jordan White, and just said, hey, I wanted you to see this. This is my name, which book. It's God Country. And I kind of forgot about all of it. Because I, I used to do it to, to, for every book I did. I, you know, try and put it in people's hands. And most of the time, Monday, I, 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 I 
breaking a single word of throw in, which just kind of on the phone and they're just holding everything. I was just kind of out of the guy right now. And, uh, and he dug it, and uh, away we went. Say, except for um, there's a, the cool part of it is that we kept on trying to find an artist for it. We kept on trying to from around, and then Axel Alonso is actually the person who built it over and said, well, what about the artist he did cop country with? Like, we all like that guy. Why are we talking about him? And so I called Jeff and I said, dude, do you want to come and do your fans? And he goes, nah. <laughs> no, I'm good on all that, man. I was like, well, what are you talking about? It's a big Marvel book. He's like, yeah, I don't care. He, he, he legitimately just doesn't care about Marvel and DC books. He just wants to do cool stories. So we moved on and then later in the conversation, and he was like, what is your Thanos story about anyway? And so I told him the whole story like, from, from tip to tail about what it was about. And when I was done, there was a bit of silence, and he was like, well, well, damn it now, I want to draw that story. <laughs> if they're going to let you do that, then yeah, I'm all in. So it was, I got to call Arnold, um, he was in, um, and then I, 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 I actually been incredibly fortunate in my career in Marvel so far to get to work with people that I'm very comfortable with and that I can write for because I've written for them in the past, you know. Um, but as far as um, when, it come, when it comes to those books and when it comes to like Cosmic Goes Right, when it comes to Venom uh, and Faust, yeah, it, it seems like the tone is slightly different to your um, creator owned uh, work. You are definitely having a lot more fun playing with Marvel's sandbox. Is that, is that no. about the accurate? Well, here's the thing about the Marvel sandbox is uh, I think newer writers come in and they treat them as very precious because the toys don't belong to them. And uh, as, a poor, as a poor kid growing up, I've always thought that you play rougher with the toys that you don't own, right? You break them and then they're someone else's problem. Uh, so I, I, I read someone speak online one time who was working at a writing company who said that their only, their only job at, at, at this company is to come in and tell the best stories that they can tell and leave the house still standing when they leave. And I teamed him and I said, man, that house is going to rebuild itself whether or not you're there or not. Burn it the fuck to the ground while you're there. <laughs> Like, just have fun, get people's attention, get them to wake up, you know. That's not to say that, like, everything you write at Marvel has to be a Fast and Furious film, it doesn't. Like, you can absolutely have things to say, you know. I, I think that Doctor Strange uh, was, was, had a lot to do with me. Uh, I, I'm five years sober next month, uh, and so thank you. And, um, but Doctor Strange came out during the time I, I lost someone in my family, and I I got uh, I got into pills pretty bad, uh, which, which which was a bummer. So if you if you read Doctor Strange, it's just all about him being exiled by his own hubris and choices, uh, and it, every, everything is kind of like that. At the same time, they are kind of designed to be these action packs. Um, oh my God. I I don't know that I, I approach career own books different than I do uh, um, uh, work for higher books. Because at the end of the day, to be quite frankly, uh, to be quite frank, um, the, the, the only thing that matters on the cover uh, that, that matters to the 
get my games on the book. I, I, I want retailers and audiences to be able to trust that I'm giving in my whole ass. Sure. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. I mean, so when it comes to playing then with the DC sandbox and with the characters that you do, um, does the um, prestige format books that you do, because they are away from the main continuities you were, does that give you a bit more freedom in terms of how you approach, say for example, Batman or Joe? Sure. <laughs> yes. That's... Is that part of the fun and the appeal for it? No. No. Um, no, I mean, and, like, and, you know, like you, I don't change my approach. I create around the, the mainstream stuff. I mean, uh, everything you said was, it's got to be entertaining yeah. to me yeah. when I'm doing it. You know? Yeah, so, I don't know. Oh, when I first got to Marvel, I had a numerous amount of writers who uh, just at the same time we left Marvel and we were happy with them. And they kept on telling me things like watch my back and like, don't don't give them anything and don't give Marvel new ideas and new problems. Save those for yourself. And while I, I, I absolutely hear where they're coming from, at the same time I'm I'm not I'm not going to more than I capable of writing for one arm and behind my back. You know, and to do my job successfully, I need kind of all the tools at my disposal. And I like to think that I'm a, I'm a big boy. I'm under no illusion that if I, you know, create a character that I'm, I, I get to go home with the prom day. You know, it's that it's fine. The whole, the, the whole idea of saving stuff, this never been to for a long time. It's like if you do that. You're kind of saying, I'm not going to have any more ideas. Right. Which is bullshit. I think someone interviewed you recently about, uh, this is going about your current output and how it seems to you seem to be a lot of places, a lot of stuff that you, you're doing wrong. And you kind of replied, well, it's just the way it's coincidentally that the way that the release schedule has happened. But you do like to have a number of projects on the go. Do you like that? Um, approach to have like different stories you can kind of dip into, which uh, we can keep rolling on. Or do you like to focus on one project and get it done? But um, hard to tell which one I like better. Um, I mean, I've been down to so when I think about having like one or two books due a month, that reminds me I start to get like a certain fidget. Because that feels a lot like when I was first starting out and having to go and work at Santa stores, right? Um, now, uh, just last month, it ballooned up to nine projects. That's, that's only nine comic book projects. I have two other that are in TV and film as well. Um, but it just, as opposed to telling you guys outside, is that on the, on the outside, when you guys are sitting, it, it, it looks like I'm writing a million titles. I'm genuinely I'm not, just the way that the, the, the publishing calendar comes out. So like Ghostwriter number three comes out next week, but I've been done writing that entire series for a month now. Uh, same thing with Deathly and Humans, Deathly Humans 
four comes out next week. I've been done for a while, you know. Um, and like Guardians of the Galaxy was just out, just on our table in January. I'm two issues deep into it already, and it comes out in January. So who knows, right? Uh, that's that's not even Marvel mandated thing. That is a, um, a kind of me mandated thing. In so much as I having gone through art school, especially uh, art school that specialized in comics, I got to see how the pie is made. I got to see classes for penciling and inking, you know, just every single uh, part of it. And so I know how incredibly stressful it can be to be at the end of the assembly line. And it stresses me out to no end um, to think that anyone on that line is having trouble paying their bills because I can't come up with a cool thing for Thanos to punch. You know? Like it's, our, our job is hard and I don't want to make our job seem, seem, seem small or anything, but it, it is physically less taxing and we can work on multiple titles at once and they cannot. And so when you're lazing about on a script and trying to find your views and everything, there's uh, a few dozen people all over the country that are sweating because they can't pay their rent. And for me, that's the greatest motivation out there. I mean, something's going to come out. This is why we have second drafts over weeks. You can come back in and fix that along if you absolutely have to. Um, that being said, to answer your question more and more specifically, I, I tend to outline like crazy So every time I get down to a certain amount of titles, so like I'm on Guardians and then I'm right now. If one of those drops off or I get to a point where I'm done, they will contractually have to fill that spot with something else. And what happens is they, they, bring, bring, they bring me a list of books and then I kind of pick which one I'm interested in. And then I'll write them a, a proposal for that thing I want to do, right? And so, um, you know, they must have brought me I don't know, a dozen things before I made it. Well, as if you, can you pick up the mileage, you they approach you? Uh, yeah, I, I, was, I was approached to do cable, um, which would have been right. Um, I, I got approached to do uh, Shang-Chi, um, which I couldn't find a name with on Shang-Chi because he's Iron Fist with no powers. So, then?
kind of get the reception we're looking And when that happened, um, Will Dennis and um, his assistant, Mark Doyle at the time, were like, why don't we do more of this stuff? And I talked to uh, Dan, and Dan's like, yeah, yeah, I think that's, that's good. It's sort of like, you know, slightly off the interpretations of these characters, but, you know, in, um, in a hardcover format, and like, mature readers. It was, it was called Jokerverse for a long time. And that was going along, it, it was, uh, it looked like it was going to get off the ground, and then Watchmen happened, and R-rated superheroes were not so popular, and uh, so they got shelved. And then they came back to it. You know, it, it, it's like, we, Lee and I are not taking a, any sort of different approach to Dan, because it's mature years, and we, we've done in the past. You know, it's just, it's the way we work together. Obviously, the Dan has gotten a lot of press uh, this happened next week. Um, but you were talking to us about, about how um, you're just happy that the book is selling well, or is going to sell well, it's looking like it's going to uh, be a success. It is a success. Um, it's a case of then negotiating around all the noise that's uh, been generated around the book. How do you kind of shut that out if you can? You can't. You know? But I mean, we're done. So, yeah. Well, is, is Lee's work done? No, no, Lee's, Lee's not totally done. Yeah, but I mean, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? It's interesting that it became a pop culture event. Yeah. And we will get into that no doubt when we have a couple of questions, which we are going to do very shortly indeed. And we do have a microphone that's uh, wandering around. We've got uh, somebody who's going to help us out in a second with that. And uh, the best way to do it is that if you want to throw your hand up and we'll uh, get questions from the audience. Um, shall, we, shall we do that now? Shall we go yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's lots of uh, some, uh, audience questions. So if you'd like to put your hand up here, if you have any questions, please, for Donnie and for Brian, uh, please. We have Somebody all the way over there. Your question. Your name. Any question, please. Any advice to well, not necessarily drawing, but suddenly getting into the industry and uh, kind of making a mark to kind of get into uh, making parts of themselves. The question is how. Kind of get, 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 yeah, to get a gig, really, yeah. Um, are you, just, just, just raise your hand because I can't hear you. Are you a writer? Or are you an artist? What's that, sorry? Artist? Artist. 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 Alright. Um, well, I mean, this might sound strange to hear, um, but breaking into an artist is a lot easier um, than what we do. If you're doing things like a portfolio review, an editor uh, can know what you're good at and where you're not, and what you need improvement with, uh, like that, right? They they all have very sharp, trained eyes that they've been in the industry for long enough, and they can kind of instantly tell if you the chops or not. Or you know, even if you don't have the chops right now, they can tell you X, Y, and Z will get you there, right? It, <laughs> If we tried, when we were both little baby creators, to, to put a script in front of an editor's hand, and there's absolutely, there's... I, I, I tell everybody, like, you know what these curtains are for? 
That's so you don't see your script on the editor yeah. at, at a convention. Yeah. They don't even take it. No one wants to read it. I mean, look, I mean, it's, it's, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter how good your script is. I mean, because the difference is, I suppose, is that when you're turning in the visual samples, you get a good read at least how, even without a script, you're able to tell a story in a visual medium, right? In a comic book strip, a comic book strip by, by its kind of default is a letter from one person to about three people. You, you know, we are writing a script to our artists and to our editorial team. And for, for, the, for the grand purpose of all of those are the three people who are ever going to read this, right? And so they can be as casual or as formal depending on who you're working with, um, but it doesn't really, it's not something that you would really use as a tryout. Now what you, what you should do is, and this would be helpful for you as well, is no one really cares if you can draw that great, and if you can do like pinups and stuff like that, that's well and fine. And certainly we have a whole lot of cover, cover artists. What they need to be able to tell is that they're telling a story. And the best way to go about that, in my opinion, is uh, find somebody who has a really powerful script, um, pick some scenes that are action scenes, pick some scenes that are just a couple in a diner talking, right? Pick someone uh, someone's crying or angry, just show it a wide range, and follow that script, because then what you're doing is that you're giving them an example of how you follow instructions and how you convey certain beats and how you sell certain beats on a page, which is ultimately what they're always trying um, uh, and, and back to some points that were raised uh, over here, you can also reverse engineer a page in, in this same way as well. So go and find a Watchmen or a Dark Knight Returns uh, or the current run of Venom, although which I heard is great, um, and deconstruct it and see if you can pick up, um, like write out what's happening in each panel. Right in the, in the dialogue, and then just go draw that and see how it compares. See, oh, that's how he crammed that much space, and that's how he created that depth of field, things like that. You know, and you end up learning a lot by seeing how claustrophobic uh, a panel can get when it gets smaller, how they can open up, things like that. That's, that's what I would do. Hey, a real good exercise is to take a film that you like and draw it. Every time the camera changes, freeze it and draw what you see. You're going to learn storytelling that way. If there's anyone that you could recommend, without mentioning your name or each other's names, whose writing and whose answer is really kind of exciting you know, in terms of uh, books or other. Do you, do you read much in terms I, yeah. do, you get the, do you get the time? No, I don't read a lot, so I'm just going to tell you what I'm reading. Uh, uh, what's his name? Ailes? Cop? Alish? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I read that. Somebody recommended him, and uh, I read a couple of his series. Yeah, this looks pretty good. Um, yeah, I, I mean, my, my answer to this question has for the longest time been and will still be Jason Aaron. Jason Aaron, I believe, is one of the finest writers in the industry right now. I'm not one that ever say that, like, oh, everything that writer has done is golden, but so far, so good. 
Jason's name on the, is on the side of the book is, is gone. I'll go along with that. Okay, any other questions? We've got one right at the back. Yeah. But, uh, oh, we've got one over here as well. The microphone is running in this direction. This gentleman here. Takes his turn. Your name and your question, sir. Uh, it's Douglas. Um, my question is, have you ever had the opportunity to work with creators you've looked up to when you were younger? I am waiting for Frank Miller's name to be mentioned at least once on this panel. <laughs> Boy, I didn't, you know what, he didn't even spring to my really? mind. Yeah. Uh, yes, I worked with Joe Cuban. Um, that was like a pinnacle for me. That was really me working with somebody who, as a kid, I would trace. And like, I had Tarzan, and I drew that thing like a hundred times, and Sergeant Rock, and all this. Um, was it as good an experience as you imagined it when you was a kid? Was it? Well, I never imagined I'd work with him as a kid, but you know, I worked with him. And you know, working with Frank, that was that was cool too. And then I, you know, I worked with Richard Corbin. I liked Richard Corbin when I was slightly older than uh, uh, Joe Hubert. But you know, I've been I've been lucky that way. Um, gosh, um, I just went over to Alan Moore's house and just said hi to him. He said, "You know, super good dude." Um, I saw that picture on Instagram. Yeah, really did. Did. How long did, did, did you keep it together, man? I really did just go to his house and knock on his door. So, um, let's see, who did I work with with this phenomenal? You know, early on in my career, I got to do um, a, a uh, I, I got to do this uh, uh, Archer Armstrong, the characters from Valiant. I got to do these, this, 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 this uh, the twelve-page. A uh, little back of the story. This is back when I was a very, very baby writer. And there was this gag about the eternal warrior who was supposed to be the ultimate badass, right? And he kept on saying these things. And, uh, and it used to never capture him. It was just like, a, I eat nails for breakfast, blah, 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 blah. Just like really over the top stuff. And one of them had an asterisk. And it, 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 it had an asterisk in it because I was staying at Mark Wade's house the night I wrote it. I was on tour, and Mark allowed me to stay in his house. And so I was sitting up writing, and I turned to Mark and I said, Hey, give me, can you give me one of these? Uh, and so um, uh, it, <laughs> I believe it says, uh, It's like, I eat nails, uh, I eat nails for breakfast. I mean, it's like, um, I, uh, I snort glass to calm down, asterisk, and ruin my mark away. <laughs> uh, I was very proud of that one. Um, and then, uh, who else? I just met Jim Starlin the other day, which was a huge deal for me. I had a huge Starlin nut, and uh, I hope that the picture that I put up of, of us online finally uh, quells the, that debate whether or not James Carlin hates me or not, he doesn't. Um, <laughs> who else, man? I mean, you know what's really cool? I, I don't know that and this is very cool for me. When I was a little kid, I went, when I first went to my, my first comic book store, like the first comic book store that I called a home, because I used to do like spinner racks at like grocery stores and stuff. The first comic I saw, I was already really into them, but there was this uh, kind of metallic red book on the shelves. It's called Carnage Mind Devolver. 
and it was Ellis and Kyle Hotz who did the art. And uh, the art is unbelievably gruesome. Like it's it's terrifying that the book even got published. Like Carnage drills a hole in the side of this psychiatrist's skull and then fills the brain with symbiote goo so you can see through his eyes. It's horrific. There's a kid down there who's just like, that's not so cool. You are the exact thing that I You're going to love it. Um, and so I've had that issue forever, and then um, I finally got, I'm doing a carnage thing now. And we'll, it comes out next month, and uh, we were able to get Kyle Hotz to do the cover for it. So to me, that's such a cool, like a full circle kind of thing. Uh, it's very cool. That's very excellent. I think we've got time for just one more question, I'm afraid. We have a question at the bottom again, we've got a question here then. Is it? Go for it, sir. Your name and your question, please. Oh, my name is Gary, and can you dab? Can you dab? Yeah. I don't even, well, I personally don't even know what you mean. Like, like, yeah. yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. See? See, I'm guys. I'm the voice of the generation. How <laughs> about? Something tells me you're not going to get right. Next, next question. Next question. We've got one last question, then we'll just put it in the end. One last one. Your choice. So, hands in the air. Let's see who wants to ask a question. We've got a question down. Oh, very young gentleman down here. Hello there, young sir. Right, your name and your question, please. Uh, do you like the movies? Do you like the movies? I'm guessing you want like, the. the not Uh, so the non-Marvel movies you're talking about, like the the the, the superhero movies. Uh, it, it, sound, it sounds like you actually are thinking of a particular movie in your mind, aren't you? Yeah, I thought as much. Which thing, which movie are you thinking? What's your favorite? Oh, I'm just giving you Listen, if you're if you're if you're trying to ask me about Venom, contractually it looks dumb. What was that, sorry? Flying in the wind like a turd. Yeah, it's an unfortunate line too, buddy. <laughs> We're not happy about it either. <laughs> Ladies and gents, I think we could carry on talking with these two for quite some time because they have got more stories to tell and I'm very much looking forward to reading them. Ladies and gents, can you make some noise, please? Ryan Mazzarella and Johnny Kent, everybody! Yes. And keep that applause going because I wasn't going to start with this. For the latest birthday, can we have a round of applause for Johnny Cates and some like his birthday? That's happy. Enjoy the rest of the club and have yourself a fantastic MTM stop, everybody. Johnny and Ryan, everybody!